0: Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com, where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey.
1: Well, hey, good morning, we're glad you're with us. My name is Blake and it's just a privilege and honor to spend our time together uh, with one another right here on a great day. It's Baptism Sunday, like we're celebrating that, yeah. And now I want to turn it real quick, and I just want to ask you a question, or, or maybe challenge you a little bit. Uh, if you have your notes, you can follow along with us at faithnfm.com if you're a digital person or a handout, or maybe you just need to follow along a little bit by taking notes in your phone, uh, iPhone preferably, Androids don't work, uh, but that's kind of where we're at. Uh, but I want to challenge you with these two things. The first one is this. Uh, what's your first problem? what's the first problem that you have that you're dealing with? Okay. Next one is this. What's your second problem that you have that you're dealing with that you're wrestling with? I think a lot of times we, we look at life and we prioritize our problems, right? The truth of the matter is we all have them. We all have hang-ups, mess-ups, Perils, problems. It's it's obvious. But so you notice when we look at Jesus' life, and we're all about Jesus here at faith, is Jesus a man who was politically shamed, publicly humiliated, a man who was always up against the odds and and, and fighting against what was in culture and set in culture. A man who had to go through things, didn't have a place to live, was, was living a life that was so polarizing and so unique to the time, he never made it about his problems. He never said, woe is me, here's the challenge, here's my problem, here's the issue. You know what Jesus did? He said, how can I help you with your problem?" We're in this little mini-series called One by One. Last week, we focused about how Jesus changed the world, focusing on one relationship at a time, one person at a time, someone who was going through something, and and Jesus didn't care about the masses, he cared about the one. Today, we're going to be continuing that, but we're not going to be talking about maybe focusing on that one relationship, but it's key of it. We're going to focus on helping someone through one problem at a time. See, the truth is we all have problems and we can get so fascinated and fixiated on our problems we miss who Jesus has put around us to care for with their problems. And as followers of Jesus, we believe that we're here to make a difference in our community, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods. It's about them, not us. Um, some therapists and psychologists, they, this news article came out. They were working with 29 people, people with anxiety disorders. They're off the chart. These people were crippled and paralyzed by their, 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 their worry and their, their problems, essentially. So they, did, they, they challenged these patients with a 30-day challenge. He said, hey, for 30 days, we need you to write down all the problems and worries that you have. At the end of the 30 days, we'll assess that. And you know what happened? By the end of those 30 days, over 91% of the issues that they thought were going to be problems in their life never came to fruition. We spend a lot of time worrying about our problems, and the truth of the matter is, we need to help those around us with their problems. And sometimes when it comes to our problems, right, like we all got them is we let our problems hinder our ability to help someone with their problems. That's a challenge. The Apostle Paul, he speaks pretty directly in kind of the position that we should take. He says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. He says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Now, he's writing this in the context of uh, of adopting joy. He's writing this in the context of being united with the mindset of God. What he's saying uh, very directly is we need to elevate others and not worry so much about ourselves. That if you want to make God happy, if you want to be for God, about God, showing God out in your community, show that by how you treat and care for others. He continues on in verse 4, he says, Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Jesus goes to this this great claim and and this this great line and, and puts it at this level. He says in John 15, the greatest love that we can have is to give up our lives for someone else. Essentially highlighting someone else's issues over our issues. I love how Max Licato, a great pastor and author, he says this, the sweetest satisfaction lies not in our, not in climbing your own Everest, but in helping other climbers. So the big idea that I want to talk to you about this morning is simply this, help someone through one problem at a time. Help someone through one problem at a time. When we look at Jesus' life, he focused on one relationship at a time. Then he also focuses on one problem at a time. A lot of times we see there's a lot of issues, a lot of problems, a lot of things that we're inaudated, overloaded with, and yet we have to take this moment and say, hey, let me just help that one person with that one issue. So in our morning, this, t- today for the rest of our morning, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 5. You can join me there. It's very early on in Jesus' ministry. Let me give you context for some of us might be new with this whole church thing. Jesus is early on in his ministry, is in this region called Galilee, and his popularity starts skyrocketing. So much so, we find that he heals this man who's demon-possessed and, and people are hearing about this and, and they're bringing others to be healed and he's healing them one by one. He's, he's touching people's lives. He even heals this man, Peter, the apostle's mother-in-law. And I say this every time I get to this passage. Some people call me out on it, but like for some of us, healing the mother-in-law might be a good thing. For some of us, that could be a little bit of a, thing we won't talk about right now. But the point is that Jesus is doing some amazing work. In fact, in, it's in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And he talks, and, and he's leading with this authority, this life-changing message for people. So he's having all of this authority, yet this man approaches him, this man with leprosy. So Luke chapter 5, Verse 12 reads this. While he was in one of the cities, this is in the city, region of Galilee, there came a man full of leprosy. Now, leprosy is also known as. Hansen's disease as far as if you know the modern-day leprosy where your skin would deteriorate you would lose feeling it's a bacteria it would eat away from rashes to just uh, 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 Just open sores and wounds to so the point of it would numb your body You wouldn't even be able to tell if in, in some stories and cases that animals would call, crawl upon a leper and, and eat away their flesh That's how severe this leprosy was for this man. Now, if you look in the Old Testament, leprosy is actually a big umbrella too. We will see this in, in Moses' command with leprosy. M- leprosy is this, this anything with a skin di- skin disorder. So if you got a heat rash, if you got poison ivy, poison oak, whatever the case might be, and there's something going on with your skin, you may have leprosy. So it's a wide range of kind of ailments that affect the body. In this man's case, he's known to have this walking death, a a, a issue that he had to deal with for many years, leprosy at its greatest extent. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for the cleansing, for your cleansing, as Moses commanded. This is an eight-day ritual. We'll talk a little bit later about that. For the proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad, meaning Jesus healed this man who was was pretty much of a public figure. But now even more, the report went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and he healed healed all their affirmities. But he would withdraw to a desolate places and pray So for observations, we kind of can hone in when it comes to helping others with their problems the same way Jesus did. Now, we need to just lay this out there in front of us. We're not Jesus, but we can help others like Jesus desires us to help. Some of us in this room, you're you're the only Bible someone will read outside of these walls. You're the only Christian in someone else's life. And this is the first thing that we pull when it comes to helping others. The first one is this. We need to be available to those around us. Be available to those around us. In Luke 12, we see at the very beginning is, while he was in one of these cities, there came a man full of leprosy. Now, this is key because context matters because Jesus' popularity is soaring. He's like Garth Brooks at the Lee Civic Center. He's like, you know, Justin Bieber with a bunch of teenage girls. You know, he's like, who's like K-pop right now, right? Like, that's a thing now going on? Like, Jesus is spreading that massive of popularity in this region. So much so he can't even get into cities. So much so he can't even get into towns. People are crowding around. Oh, there's Jesus. Let me go talk to Jesus. Let me go speak to Jesus. His popularity is through the roof. And yet, when Jesus' popularity is through the roof, he's available to this man with this severe disease, a walking death. He was approachable. He was available. A lot of times in our life, we run at a fast pace, a busy schedule. I got to handle my problems, my issues, my, my family only that we miss being available to our neighbors, our coworkers, those all around us. See, as followers of Jesus, our activity about and for God should bring notoriety to who God is. And a lot of times we let those problems that maybe impact our lives to not make us available for others in our lives. See, no one ever said right now would be a great time to have a problem, right? Like, man, if a problem hit me at two o'clock on a Tuesday, like, that's good. I can handle that problem. No one ever said that. See, Jesus was always available. He was interrupted. He carved out margin in his day to care for those who came into his, his life. See, a simple life interruption for us may be world-changing for somebody else. A simple life interruption. Someone takes five minutes of your day. You could change their life. I recently read this story about an individual. He was coming to church, and he was a widower, no family, no kids, And he said one of the greatest things ever that happened in his life was when he was living a a lonely life, he would come to church and he would go through the front doors and his hand would be shook by the greeters. The only physical touch he had for numerous years in his life. We have to be available for those around us. We have to be available for those interruptions in our life. You'll see a picture of this lady by the name of Cornelia Arnaldo Johanna Tinboom. Now that is a name right there, right? We call her Corey Tinboom. She passed away in 1983, but she's known for not only her evangelistic uh, a life that she lived after World War II, but she was a hero in the Great War because she hid Jews who were being persecuted by Nazi Germany. This watchmaker lady, her father and her sister, would risk their lives, not at the, the right time, but at the time that people needed her to be available, and they would hide Jews. Later on in her story, she writes this book called The Hiding Place. It's a fascinating uh, story, and she documents it, and, and she ends up getting pulled away to an internment camp, and so does her father, and Her her sister and come to find out, very few days after her father passes away in the internment camp, her sister doesn't make it out of internment camp. Life seems to be very gripping. She talks about this detail in her life that three days about or so before she is released, automatic or or just in in a weird way because of a, a clerical error, she gets out. The ladies that she was imprisoned with would all be then pushed to the gas chamber, lose their lives. She vowed to to not just let her life stop there, but continue to be available for people. A devout Christian, she says this, my job was simply to follow his leading one step at a time, holding every decision up to him in prayer. She was available, church. I'm inspired by stories like that. And, and Paul even reiterates this and expounds on Jesus' uh, life of availability. It says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive this understanding this mentality this mindset that hey you know what there's people out there that i need to elevate over myself how am i being available to those in my community how am i being available to my coworkers, my friends my family members am i available this week were you available we all have people in our phones You know, I call it the moving test. Anybody move? We all don't like moving, right? Like it's terrible. You open your phone. If I asked someone to help me move, would they show up? That's a tell right there, right? If someone called you and said, would you help me come and move? Would you show up? Availability. As followers, that's what we're supposed to be. That's who we're supposed to be. Number two, second observation is this. We have to come to this understanding that there must be a willingness. Now, and three out of the four points, we talk from the perspective of Jesus. We observe Jesus' life, how Jesus was available. But the second perspective, I think it's very important for us to understand this. There must be a willingness for someone to want to experience life change. A lot of times, we try to change people and they don't want to change. But to be very clear on that, and sometimes we try to change people, but we do it the wrong way, right? You know, you got like Aunt Martha that walks in the house and says, hey, listen here, Sonny, this is what you need to do. And you're like, you better listen, you better get it figured out. And you're like, dude, quit being so overbearing on me, like just chill out, slow the roll here. There must be a willingness on behalf of those who want to be changed for, for it to matter, for it to sink in, for it to, to happen. The leper had a willingness for change. This is what the, the leper had to endure in Leviticus 13. Moses, we get this, this law. A leprous person who has the disease. Now remember, this disease is any kind of form of, of skin disease or skin irritation, if you woke up one day with a rash, you'd be considered having a, a form of leprosy. Now a leprous person who has this disease shall wear torn cloths and let the, hair, let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as the disease, as long as he has the disease he is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. Now, look at this leper in this story. Like, he's at wit's end. He's at the end of the road. He has nothing else to lose. He has the the most and the greatest severity of leprosy. And he's like, hey, walking through town, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I got issues. I got issues. See, part of our recognition when it comes to our relationship with Jesus is we have to uh, be willing to assess ourselves and say, hey, what issues do I have in my life? What issues do I need to comb through? Do I need to navigate? See, we have Baptism Sunday, and I I love baptism, And, and part of the reason that baptism is so great because we live an old life, we go down under the water immersion, and then we come back up representing publicly with our church family and friends saying, hey, I'm for Jesus, I'm about Jesus, the life change, the hope, the grace, the mercy he brings in my life, and church, that should fire us up. That should get us going. That should say, hey, you know what? There's a willingness to acknowledge my brokenness. This leper acknowledged his brokenness. Look, when we continue in in verse 12, it says this, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him. I love this. He says, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Understand where this man has been at in his life. 20 to 30 years, probably he's never been touched by somebody. No relationship, can't talk to anybody. Years in his life, he had to be labeled and declare his issue publicly. I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. But there was a willingness in his life. And notice, he doesn't come to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, if you can, can you make me clean? He says, if you will, will you make me clean? There's those of us who are wrestling with our faith journey right now. And you're asking that if God can, if Jesus can, when really the posture that we should be taking is saying, God, I know you can. I'm stepping out in faith. Will it be? May you please work in my life. And notice, he doesn't say, hey, can you heal me of my physical disease? He says, can you make me clean? What's happened on the outside of the leper also recognize that it's an inside condition as well. There must be a willingness. At one point or another, we've all been in that scenario where it's been a willingness of saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. And you might be in this place right now. I want to encourage you, be willing and let God show up and show out in your life. Things will be never like they were before if you, God, if you give God that opportunity, if you're willing. Number three for us is this: when it comes to helping others, changing the world, one by one, one problem at a time is we've got to be willing to get in the mess. Get in the mess. Uh, notice, I didn't say make more of a mess. I said, get in the mess. Sometimes we want to create more of a mess. We post our thoughts, opinions on, on Facebook, social media, Instagram, TikTok, and we say, man, this is gonna help culture. This has helped my neighborhood. This is really where I'm all about. I live in a community and there's like 50 different Pages on Facebook about everybody posting their everything and opinion on it. And we think that's helping clean up the mess. That's not. Jesus gets in the mess. And this is what Jesus does. In Luke chapter 5, verse 13. Check this out. And and Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him I will be clean stretched out his hand you know how Jesus got in the mess he got his hands dirty church we have to be willing to get our hands dirty I'm uh, amazed by story that I hear story after story of of people in our community in our church family who there's an issue going on outside they 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 stop and and they go and help This one particular time i won't mention his name but caught a flat tire now got a flat tire and and most of us hopefully we know how to change this specific individual maybe not Uh, but someone from the church pops out of their car and says hey i'll handle it you don't have to worry about it it's that kind of mentality that we need to hold and, and and possess as followers of jesus right now you and I live in a pretty messy and mixed up world, right? A lot of challenges, a lot of confusions, a lot of problems, a lot of perils, a lot of questioning and confusion, and we're trying to navigate it all. See, Jesus comes down and he enters the scene. He doesn't make it a very obnoxious kind of scene. In fact, the leper came to him Jesus slides in and just says, hey, let me stretch out, let me touch you, let me, let me get my hands dirty, to you. Let, me, let me risk it for you. Let me care for you. Let me love you. Let me be about you. He elevates that person's disease and problems above himself. A lot of times, we don't want to get in the mess we don't get our hands dirty we don't want to deal with that person because man if i get talking to them they're just going to wallow and complain and and give me all of life's issues church god has placed us in our communities to impact life change chris hodges Uh, pastors one of the the largest churches in america he sits down in his grow leader podcast with this man by the name of fred market fred market is a missionary a historian a futurist someone who's read over 600 books about analyzing the world and some of the events and he talks and says some pretty potent things about the importance of the church so we're going to watch this relatively short two-minute clip it can be pretty polarizing and he says it like I've never heard it before so hey turn your attention for me to the
0: screen. Decline in the growth of the kingdom if we don't turn this around there's no law that says that we cannot turn around what's happening in our country Amen. but it's going to take the church rising up. Ephesians 3.10, Paul said it is through the church that God wants to make his manifold wisdom known to the principalities and powers. That term, principalities and powers, the exact Greek phrase is used 10 times in the New Testament, three times about earthly rulers, mayors, governors, kings. So it's not just, and not not just, just, just demonic Three times about demonic principalities and four times about both, because in a biblical worldview, It's both integrated. We have to do both. So if you just do the spiritual, you're mystical. If you just do the physical, you're an activist. And God says, we want us to be mystical activists, spirit and power activists that change, change the culture where we're at. So it's the church that has to to, I have a radical statement, it's absolutely true. Because the church is God's government on earth, the condition of our country and the world is directly the result of the choices made by spiritual leaders, either what to do wow. or not to do. You say, say that, yeah, I think order. I wanna yes. hear that again back, back too. that up. Because <laughs> no, <hear> that. of <laughs> Ephesians 3.10, it is through the church that God wants to govern the world. Therefore, the decisions Good. to do or not do something is what determines the state of the world. So the church has been asleep at the wheel in our country. That's led to the moral decline of the family. Less than 50% of families are now uh, nuclear families. Um, 73% of our black community kids are born into a single parent household, 42% of white kids. And we know that without that nuclear family, kids are wounded and They don't produce a society that can function well. So that's why we're seeing the breakdown in our society, breakdown in our politics, the wokeism, you know, all of that is happening because of the breakdown of the nuclear family. That's because of this moral decline, because the church didn't find ways to address the problem in time. We have time to do that, though. How much time?
1: Let me just say his potent statement that really popped out, it says this, "Because the church is God's government on Earth, the condition of the country, of our country and the world is a directly result of the choices made by spiritual leaders, either what to do or what not to do." Talk about a strong statement. But here's the thing, Church: if we're not dead, we're not done. God's still at work in our community, and how are we going to do that? We're going to help people with one problem at a time. We're going to help people where they're at with the issue that they're facing, and we're going to do what God's called us to do in southwest Florida. We're going to do what God's called us to do right here in this plot of land where he's placed us and where he's put us. Now, if you're like, oh man, things are just going to get worse, well, you know, go make a bomb shelter, hole up in it, and we'll just talk to you later. As a church, we're going to lead out in our community and say, hey, let's go, let's march, let's be the church, the hands and feet of Jesus, and say, Jesus, we want to help others the way you've helped us. Mark 1 in the same story, it says this, moved with pity, this is Jesus, and also known as compassion, he stretched out his hand and he touched him and said, I will be clean. Jesus engaged. Jesus touched. Philippians 2.4, let, let me reread it again as to the front part of our messages. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Don't look only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. I wanna challenge us, get in the mess. Don't cause the mess, don't add to the mess. Be someone that's saying, hey, I'm gonna get in the mess, I'm gonna help you. You're going through a divorce, how can I be a friend to you? You're going through financial hardship, how can I help you budget? Maybe I'm not gonna give you money, but I'll help you budget. Maybe you're gonna put someone through Financial Peace University. Maybe you're gonna help someone in in their faith journey by reading God's word with them. Maybe you're gonna be there for a voice, for a reason. Maybe there's something God is calling you to do to put you in a mess, to help someone along and in that mess. And notice, we don't make the mess. We help clean up the mess. Number four for us this morning is this allow the results to speak for themselves. Allow the results to speak for themselves. See, we're big here on this. The life of Jesus is a life that produces results. That's why we have baptisms. Because baptism is a result of public declaration of someone saying that I'm going to go public and outward with my faith. That's why we celebrate that as a church. In Matthew 28, one of the the final commands Jesus gives us is go and make disciples, go, stretch out, be the church in its community. See, in Luke 5, 14, 15, let me just look at it again. It says, and he charged him to tell no one. Jesus told him not to tell anybody. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for the proof to them. Now, this is an eight-day ritual of purification. That when someone had leprosy, they had to go in front of the priest, make numerous animal sacrifices, shave off the hair of their bodies, wear a certain amount of clothing, and they had to follow these guidelines to a very strict way to be clean. And Jesus challenging this leopard, he's, he's saying, hey, it's not about what you're saying or what you're declaring, but what it's about is your actual life change. See, when Jesus shows up in our life, our lives are changed. When Jesus, when we have that Jesus encountered, our old life is away and our new life has come. That's why we baptize. That's why we say, hey, here's a symbol. Here's our calling. Here's what we're created as a church to do. Go be baptized. And then you are starting your spiritual walk with God, always evaluating, looking at your life in a way that's saying, hey, God, I want to be more like your son, Jesus. Allow the results to speak for themselves. What I find fascinating about this story is you look at this other same story, different gospel by the name of Mark in chapter 1, verse 45, we see that the leper couldn't stay quiet. He couldn't stay quiet. He actually goes and because he can't stay quiet, Jesus can't get into certain towns. I find it fascinating because it doesn't say that, the, that Jesus maybe recanted on the miracle but the leper couldn't stay quiet. Like when the results in our life are producing fruit, man, it is hard to stay quiet. Like when the results in our life are are saying, man, I'm, I'm living in a healthy family. I'm, I'm doing what God's called me to do. I, I might have some problems, but but I'm going to... Let God work those problems out. I'm gonna give God my worries. I'm gonna give God my problems and I'm gonna help with other people's problems. See, an antidote to our problems is assisting someone with theirs. And a lot of times when our problems figured out, we make everything about our problems when the truth of the matter is you just say, hey, be there for your neighbor, love your neighbor, care for your neighbor, love God, love people. And you know, when you help people with problems, you also need prayer. You need guidance. After Jesus helps all these people with problems, it says in verse 16, but he withdrew or withdraw himself to desolate places and he prayed. That's why we push our, our midweek service to, to, it's our prayer, worship, and teaching night where we focus and we highlight our, our need to pray because we know that helping others is challenging. We know that our problems are challenging, but we know that we make a difference by helping someone one problem at a time. See, the point is this if we allow our results to speak for themselves, we don't have to carry the pressure of what to say. When Jesus is at work in your life, you're giving over the pressure, the stress, the anxiety of your life. So my question to you this morning as we close is this. Who are you going to help this week? What problem in your spirit, in your circle, can you help someone with? Maybe you look at your life and say, seems like no one really has problems in my life. That's awesome. Like, I'll be a part of your life. I can give you some problems. Like, but the point is this. Maybe you need to be praying about it. We all have problems. God wants us to help others. That's how we make a difference in our community.
0: Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m., or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.